Welcome back to the Snack Walls Podcast. I'm Mike Roberts, your host, and we're here to talk about increasing and maintaining diversity in tech beyond the perks. While companies think they can lure people in with unlimited PTO and dogs in the office, we're here to talk about how you keep them. All right, I'm going to throw it over to our special guest today. In a few sentences, can you tell us who you are and what it is that you do? So I help people without college degrees find meaningful jobs that pay well. So I'm the founder of NoDegree.com and the host of the No Degree podcast, where I interview people without college degrees and have them share their stories. So I do a lot of things related to just helping people find their next careers. I try to release a lot of content for free. So I'll write a lot of content on NoDegree.com. And for my podcast, it's just really interviewing people with different careers so people can get an idea of what people actually do and how they got to where they are. I like it. So I think we have a kindred spirit because I do a lot of the work in the same space. But you're on the East Coast. Yeah. I'm on the West Coast. So together. Yeah. Someone's got to cover the other side. (laughs) I like that. So let's just jump in. Um, I'm hearing from a lot of thought leaders, at least some, that finding diverse talent is a challenge. What are your thoughts? I think it's a challenge because when you do things a certain way, there are pros and cons, right? So when you go through the current system of how to find people, yes, you'll get people who are competent enough to do the job. But if you want diversity, you have to do things different ways, right? If you want different results, if you want newer people, you need to do things different way. Because what is the most common way that people find jobs is through referrals. And the fact is diverse talent a lot. And where do get where do people get referrals? Most people in co- college don't have great communication skills. And they don't have great networks. It's their parents who built up these networks. And if you're a diverse talent, typically your parents are working class immigrants. They come from tougher backgrounds and they don't have the network. Like, for example, my network, my dad got me a job at Popeye's, right? Whereas other people get them jobs at like golf places where they get to actually meet people. You think anybody's going to give a kid at Popeye's a chance to really talk to them and get an internship? No, I'm in the back, you know, scrubbing dishes and, you know, mopping the floors. Yeah, absolutely. That network is a huge factor. And I think can't be understated. I talk to people all the time about when they're out there searching for a job, how that is like the number one factor beyond having some skill, right? You gotta, yeah. You got the chops. I mean, but, you need both, right? The skills and yeah. the chops, but you know how it is. If you don't, that first job sets you up. Like, let's say your first internship is at Google. Your first job is at Google because you got a referral. I mean, you're obviously everyone's good, but now you got in, right? You're set for the rest of your life. It's your first job is versus you spend five to 10 years trying to, you know, build your skills, build your network. It takes time and it's not easy. It's not something that everyone can do. Yeah, 100% agree. So um, what do you think about the push to remove the CS requirement or CS degree requirement for some technical roles? I'm all for it because you're asking. I mean, people say I'm biased, right? Obviously, because I have a company that does that. But the thing is, I'm not anti-degree. I'm anti having requirements that prevent good people from getting in. So I'm not saying, hey, if you remove the requirement, you're still going to have people with CS degrees apply. But there's plenty of talent that don't go the traditional route who are very good. You get some people who built apps themselves, right? You get all these kids who are coding sneaker bots, who are doing creating all these things. You're not going to put them in because they didn't go through formal education. Why would they go to a four-year college when in the first two years, they're not going to learn anything, right? So they only need to learn the things in the last two years, right? The three and four. But why would they go pay the first two years when they're like, look, I could build these skills, right? And then they have to go through the electives, which a lot of people don't want to do. So it's like 
the good thing about CS is just test them on their competency. Give them, have them whiteboard during an interview, check their certification, test their competency, have them check their projects, check their GitHub. There are many ways to vet people. I'm just, don't only have one way to vet someone. Don't say, oh, you must have a degree from this. Because what happens is you want diverse talent, but now the thing is 80% of people who go to college come from middle class or higher, right? So you're eliminating diverse talent, right? Diverse talent comes in all shapes and sizes. And when you have these requirements, you're not flexible, you will not get diverse talent. Absolutely. And I think part of it's intentional, right? So part of it is that it's easier for them to just set up these bars than it is to screen more resumes and screen more comments. So they just do it to reduce the amount of effort in some cases. And it sucks. It sucks because you want people want good hires, right? But if you look at me, I already know who I'm going to hire three, four, five years in advance. I already have these people in mind. And I have relationships. Who knows? Maybe they don't want to work for me or they have other they have better opportunities. But I know who I'm going to hire. So the thing is, but I keep maintaining these relationships. I keep conversations open. I let them know of my future goals. I let them know of my mission. Now, it's easier for a small organization to do, but you can still do it in large organizations within departments. But the fact is, you put all these people, bog them down in meetings all these other things, all these requirements, you don't give them time to sort of work on their own things and develop these relationships. You don't incentivize them to develop these relationships. So they're not going to do it. They're just going to do These Companies are always in fire drill mode. Oh, we got to hire, you know, a hundred people. Boom. But it's like, if those companies were involved in community events, if they were involved in, you know, involved in certain schools, if they were involved in other things to, they would have had, you know, now they only need to look for 10 resumes because they have 90 people. They have a group of hundreds of people who are really interested in their community. But it's like one of those things that you got to be forward thinking. Like yeah. you can't just say, hey, I need someone tomorrow. Right. And willing to make the investment. Right. They need to be yeah. willing to invest knowing that the payoff is going to be in three or four years. Yeah. They need to go into high schools. Right. And yeah. not just be recruiting on college campuses. We should be telling people why they want to go to school. If you think it's important for them to go to school. Yeah. Well, tell them why they need to do that to get into your organization. Don't yeah. just expect to show up on the college campus and be like, I'm just going to pick from you, you, and you and expect yeah. to have diversity as an outcome. Yeah. And the other, the other big issue is that a lot of people from diverse backgrounds, they don't have mentorship, right? I didn't even – like you asked me about mentorship. Like it's not something I would have thought of just because you're not exposed. It's not a hard concept. It's just something you got to kind of see it, right? And I have a mentor now, and I mentor kids. And so these are things that you just don't have and you don't think about and you don't know how to establish these relationships. And your parents typically, you know, don't even right. My parents don't really have mentors or anything like that. So you got to introduce these concepts to kids young. And because the thing is, like, I mentor my nephew. So I tell him about coding. Right. He knows things about computers. He knows things about tech. He knows things that I do in my business. Right. So. You know, for example, I take him to my friend's office and he'll have him do like little work, like pack the shelves or, you know, post on eBay and stuff. But now he understands, oh, this is his business. He buys these things. He buys this case for X dollars. Now he has an idea. Is he going to do that in the future? No. But those concepts are introduced to him. And then, you know, the other day I asked him, he's like, you know what, Janai? He's like, I think I'm going to apply for a job at his office. I was like, really? He's like, what are you? He's like, but, you know, I looked into the state laws and it says, you know, I need to be at least 14 and get my work permit. And, you know, then I got to ask my parents, but I think they said I have to be 60. You know, it's like you got to kids are not going to think about that unless you put them in an environment. Right. And then so now if he goes to college in the first year, he's going to be ready to know about internships. Because What happens is kids know about internships their junior senior year. And by then they're already too late. You're competing with a kid yeah. like my nephew who's been thinking about this since. And it's just something that 
you know, you just have to increase it. So these programs that they invest in local communities, they get these kids in. Because I was mentoring a girl over the summer, and she was in so many things. Like she knows how to code. She's involved in multiple organizations. And these every organization she goes, she learns something new. So that when she goes to college, it's not like, oh, I'm going to go major in computer science. I'm going to go major in math. I'm going to go major in business. Oh, I'm a major in CS, and I want to work in these three areas. Be- and I right. know these tools already. So when yeah, she goes on the resume, school. she has stuff. Yeah, it's a finishing school, right? She's yeah. thinking of like, this is yeah. just icing on the cake. This is yeah. not like what I need to actually consume in order to be good at what I what I yeah. want to do. So, no, hundred percent. Like that philosophy, hundred percent. So, what do you think about apprenticeship? You know, given Ooh. what you just said, apprenticeship I, for a pattern for tech roles. I love it because you know you want to develop this talent. You want them to know these languages, but you don't want to develop them. You want someone else to develop them. And it's just, again, you have to invest because when you invest in people, you get a return. Like there's a common quote. It's like, what if I invest in someone and they leave? And, you know, the counter is what if you don't invest them in them and they stay? And the fact is, it's like you got to invest. You got to look at all the top companies. They're investing heavily. And what people don't understand is, yes, people leave these companies. But think about it. you look on LinkedIn, look at former Google. What does that mean when you see former Google? First of all, it means that anybody that comes out of Google is good. So other people want to get in. And yep. people when you see when you see former former Google, what do you see marketing wise? That's marketing. You see former Google. Wow, this is this person thought that it opens up opportunities. So imagine you had an apprenticeship program. Oh, this person is, you know, by I don't know, let's say diverse tech graduate. This person is ex tech graduate, whatever. I'm just naming names, but think about how powerful that is. And then what happens is now other people who are as more people learn about it, those programs get more competitive. Those programs get more awareness. They become more common. But again, it takes someone saying, look, this is not going to pay off in six months. This is not going to pay off in year one. This is probably going to pay off three, four, five years. But once you pay it off, right, now that Google has that brand that they've built 10 to 15 years, they get the best talent. Absolutely. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. So what advice would you share with companies that are looking to retain diverse staff? So we talked about how you acquire them. How do you keep them? You got to have a diverse environment, man. So I talk to diverse talent and, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, gender plays a role, race plays a role. I'll tell you, um, you know, you go, I was always hanging out with the minorities in every place I work. That's just how it was because our interests, like I don't play golf. Like I can't, you know, golf is like, you got to pay like 200 bucks or whatever to play. It's like, I don't play with that crowd. It's different incomes. I don't go to country clubs. You know, I don't have those views. Like I grew up, you know, where I almost got robbed for my bike several times, right? I knew of these things that happened. And I'm not going to say that I had a tough life. Like I've, I haven't had, but you know, I've seen, you know, things I've grown up in different environments. Like, you know, I've seen people, it's like, you know, you grow up with friends, you play basketball, you do things, you, you know, always broke trying to think of ways to sort of, we never did anything bad, but, oh, let's sell sneakers for money. Let's flip this item. We could do this. Let's work this job. Oh, we could do this. You know, that sort of, so when I go to an environment where people are like, oh, they got houses handed down to them, everything taken care of. Your dad bought a car, you know, where it's like, look, I'm not going to get anything handed down. Right. I'm my parents retirement. So you really feel out of place. It's just I knew. So I knew someone who works at a company. And, you know, again, minority within the company. And they were for the Christmas party. They were actually going to go to a plantation. And I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm not black. But look, I would just be like, no. look, I would never go like I have. Yep. It's like, no, a nope. <laughs> nope. And it's nope. like, think about it. It's And what does that mean? That means people in the company, they just, they're just not even aware 
of the things you face on a regular basis. And even then, that's just like you can't like that's just like what? You know, yeah. why would you go there? It's not it doesn't even make sense for a Christmas party or whatever. So it's just like these things, you gotta feel accepted because I talk to so many people, diverse talent, minorities, they just feel like, look, I'm not accepted. It's I'll never be part of the crew. Like I, I, they don't invite me to the happy hours. They don't invite you. You don't feel part. Well, you don't feel a part of the community. What are you going to do? You're going to look for community. That's what, what do people crave? They crave community. doesn't Absolutely. matter what you are. So the easiest way to, to retain them is to be diverse. Is that's that's yeah. one of the things I'm, I'm taking away from that. And in your opinion, it sounds like also that it needs to be an inclusive environment where there's some yeah. cultural competency and people yeah, actually understand have, like, that, yeah. that, that whole Christmas party thing. Yeah, you can't have that. We're not doing that. Yeah, because let me tell you, and the thing is, if you're, if you're, let's say, if, if you're the only minority, you don't like if fifty people agree and you're the one, you're gonna still feel out of place unless you have a strong personality. And the fact is, you can't rely on strong personalities to move your organization. It has to be built in because it's exhausting fighting an organization and their oh, policies. Yeah. Now, if you had it's like twenty percent, thirty percent, you bring that up, you're gonna have twenty, thirty percent be like, "Yo, who thought of this?" And then the person who brought up the idea is going to be ostracized instead of the minority. So exactly. it's something active, you know, just like you and I, if we want to keep improving, we have to actively check ourselves. We have to actively check our biases. We have to actively learn and grow. And organizations need to do that. And unfortunately, as organizations grow, they sort of get really complacent. They don't start to challenge themselves. And it's hard, right? Because it's like you're making this money is predictable. But the fact is, if you want to stay cutting edge, you want to be top. Top companies are diverse, right? The studies show that. And you want, you don't want, like, and there's diversity in everything, right? Just because you're a minority, does, just because you hire minorities does not mean you're diverse, right? Their backgrounds make a big impact because me, I could be with someone of the same race, but they grew up in a different lifestyle. They grew up in the top, you know, 5%. I'm not going to connect with them versus someone could be, you know, a traditional, like they could be a white person or someone who's a majority. They could, and, they'll be closer to me because they grew up in similar environment. Because a lot of times while race is a predictor, it's not everything that you can be just out of place being the same race because of income. A lot of times it's socioeconomic. That's really what it comes down to. Absolutely. I think that's one of the big attributes that really does sort of allow people to not be in the same circles, not have the same experiences. And when those lived experiences are different, that should foster more creativity, better environments, but you got to get past the, the gatekeepers and the ways yeah. that like people aren't getting opportunities. So yeah, that said, fantastic answer, by the way, who is someone like yourself that you'd like to acknowledge as a leader and you think should be invited to a podcast like this? Man, let me see. Um, I don't know. That's that. Let me see. I think, you know what? I think you should really just keep on doing what you're doing in the sense of let leaders come in all shapes and sizes and I think you should sure. really just interview sort of like a no name, even like a regular person in an apprenticeship program to kind of talk about their struggles. Yeah. A lot of times we interview leaders, we interview that. But, you know, sometimes we're so far removed from the current process because I've gone through a lot and I've got but I'm still not a current person who's a college student. Right. Because, look, I can tell you what a college. But look, I didn't I didn't grow up. I thankfully I grew up slightly outside of Instagram. You know, it wasn't like mobile data was kind of new. So that's like a totally different environment that for me, it's easy to say, just put down your phone, just do this, just don't have a Snapchat account. But I didn't grow up with friends who have Snapchat, who have these things, right? I didn't grow up with these things. 
you know, like, thankfully, I never got into drugs or anything. But who knows, right? If I grew up with Jewel, where it's a freaking USB stick that you just put in, you know, it's a totally different thing. So a lot of times, sometimes you just can't because we grew up a certain way and they don't understand how we grew up. It's like, oh, you grew up, you don't have data. Like, what'd you guys do? You know, it's it's a totally <laughs> different, you know, even though they're like 10 years younger than me, it's not even that young, five, 10 years. It's like they grow up. So it's like a lot of times we need to kind of go back down, right? Go back and... I learn a lot of it because I'm a high school wrestling coach and I see what the kids go through. Right. I see like the, the different things that are new. It's like, wow, you guys have group chat where you can share videos now. It's like we didn't have no group chat. Like it was just like aim and instant messenger. Now it's like on your phone and, you know, they just go through something so different. And Absolutely. you really need to kind of get people younger because they they see that. And that's how you get a lot of insight. And, you know, older adult leaders need insight, too, all the time. Absolutely. Sorry. We're going we're gonna to keep reaching out then. I'm going to reach out to some more. I've had one college student, but I think yeah. having somebody from an apprentice and that experience yeah. would also be super helpful. So yeah. where can we find out more information about your company? Um, like, does any great time yeah. for famous plugs? I'll throw yeah. it in the show notes. So, so degree.com, simple. I got lucky with that domain name. And nodegree.fm is the podcast website so that's where you could really check out the podcast and it's all free i don't even have ads i hate ads right i i'm not i don't like one of the reasons i didn't do sponsors was because then sponsors put in bias because if someone's paying you five ten thousand you're just going to change different ways you're going to avoid certain topics and i want to keep it real so i tell you know people tell me like the racism they face the one guy was you know told me he used to be a drug dealer and all that stuff and i want these stories out right so check out the podcast linkedin please connect with me if you listen to me on this podcast my name you know you're going to see the my name in the show notes j-o-n-a-e-d and just connect with me say hey i listen to you on the podcast and you know i'm always willing to give a you know like a quick resume review or some quick tips i'm always about that nice all right, so this is the toughest question of them all. What are you snacking on lately? What is your favorite snack? What is my favorite snack? Man, you know what? I haven't been snacking lately because, like, I got to watch what I eat. Okay. But, you know, like, what gets me? I don't know if this is considered a snack, but, like, drinks. Like, in terms of, yeah, like, when, when I get thirsty, like, look, if I go to the supermarket thirsty, I'm going to get, like, the Minute Maids, all the whatever we're the sunny d i look at like gatorade they just look good and then i'll drink like half a bottle and that's it i'll be full so that i'm that's why i'm pre-diabetic right i just drank too much of those sugary drinks so i definitely miss those yeah uh, but yeah that's sort of what i would snack on i like that uh, oh, bubble tea bubble tea bubble tea bubble, bubble tea. tea all right oh, man i had some today so like that awesome yeah. well Jeanette, i appreciate you being on the program thanks again so much no, thank you for having me. I hope your guests and listeners found this insightful and, you know, I hope it got them to think. Awesome. The San Diego Code School is a proud sponsor of the Snackwalls podcast. The San Diego Code School is leading companies to tech equity. The tech-enabled apprenticeship program is a venture whose heart is to do a lot of social good and do good work. You can help San Diego Code School secure funding for change by hiring developers, bringing a team in to relieve your backlog, or becoming a program sponsor. You can visit us on the web for more information at http colon forward slash forward slash sdcs.io. 